Claire. And I'm Mike, and this is the Finding Philothea podcast. Finding Philothea is a ministry dedicated to sharing the beauty, mercy, and joy found in a life lived in and for Christ. And we are so thrilled to be recording this podcast episode. Our patron saint is St. Francis de Sales, and we picked him as our patron because when we were dating and engaged right up until we were married, I would write letters to Claire every month. And I loved taking the time and just kind of documenting and just talking with her in a different way. It was really important. And so St. Francis de Sales, he also writes letters and he addresses them to the faithful, to the lay faithful in the term philothea, which means the one who loves God. So our whole ministry is about finding the one who loves God in ourselves, in each other, and all of those people that we meet. He's also known as the gentleman saint, which I love. I recently found this out because I, over the past year, became a certified etiquette instructor, fulfilling a lifelong dream. And I was Googling patron saints of etiquette and St. Francis de Sales is the patron saint of etiquette, which I love because Hmm. we've been calling upon his intercession for years with our blog and ministry, Finding Philothea. So I love those golden threads in life that just weave the tapestry of our life. It's incredible looking back, St. Francis of Sales, Our Lady, just those patron saints. It's beautiful to stop and reflect and think of those golden threads in our life. In the future, we may have, an, well, we definitely will have a podcast episode about etiquette because it is my passion in life now. But this episode, Mike, can you introduce it? Yeah. So we're going to be giving you three marriage tips and guidelines that we've found to be extremely helpful to our marriage. We've been married over seven years now. There's a lot of lessons we learned. These three are the ones that stick out to us. We'll also be sharing our love story. And let's start with that. We met in Buffalo, New York. I was finishing up nursing school. I was in my last year of nursing school. I had, during that time in Buffalo, started a young adult group under the patronage of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, and we called it Frassati Western New York. Mike started coming to meetings, and I was just so drawn to him, his personality, how wise, how gentle, how kind he was. I found out about Frasati Western New York while I was studying for my industrial engineering degree. And when I met Claire, I knew I had to be very intentional. There was just something about her, and I wanted to start with friendship, a strong foundation in friendship. I really appreciated that, even though some days I was like, when will he ask me to be his girlfriend? (laughs) At the right time. (laughs) Exactly. It was the right time. For years, I had been praying. My friend Jess had said that Jesus loves being called upon the title, Jesus Christ, King of all nations. And that stuck and struck my heart because I had never heard of that title before. And I started, I composed a prayer of my heart and my yearnings and that call to the vocation of marriage that I was feeling. Jesus Christ, King of all nations, send me a prince who will make me a princess worthy for you, my king and my love. And meeting Mike and the way he pursued me with such gentle grace and love and that commitment to goodness that he had, that that 
virtuous life that he was leading. I knew he was the one. And I used to dislike when people said, when you know, you know, but honestly, when you do, there is such profound peace, a peace I had never experienced in my life. And I knew with my whole being, there was no doubt that Mike Couchy, yes, that's how you pronounce our last name, (laughs) Mike Couchy was the one and is the one for me. So that's how we met at a young adult group. So we started dating. We dated for about five months. We went on some awesome dates. We would go to cooking classes together. And we also went to the symphony and went on hikes. It was just a lot of fun to experience new things and do things that we loved, but do it together. And that was, I just started a new job, fresh out of nursing school on a bone marrow transplant floor, the night shift as an oncology nurse. And it was a difficult, intense yeah, time you for gave me. Your all. But that, our, our dating and being with Mike and just Mike's love and personality and care, that was the light in my life. And it kept me going. And those five months of dating, it was so exciting and new and adventurous. We had so much fun together just going on those dates. I treasure that time. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Tell about the letters. I loved receiving those letters from you. Each month I would write these letters for Claire. And at the end of each month you'd hand me like a envelope yeah, an envelope, of them. kind of like with a mm-hmm. stack of them, right? And they just document things that we went through during the month or the fun times we had and I was it was just another way to talk with Claire and I loved doing it and went right up until we got married. Like the last night before, I think was the last letter. And even like how we explained before at the beginning of this episode, how St. Francis de Sales, the reason we were drawn to him as a patron was because of his letters to Philothea, the faithful. And I had always growing up been just, I loved that snail mail that there's something so beautiful about taking the time to sit down and think of someone and entrust your heart and soul to another person and to think of them and to write it out. It's it's not like a quick text or anything. It's intentionally sitting down, taking the time to share your heart with someone and to receive a little pile of love letters at the end of the month with learning about Mike's heart and his life more and more. It was, I still treasure them. I still have them and uh, go through them from time to time. I loved writing too. Keep writing. I got to pick it back up. So we dated for five months. It was a quick dating period. And then yeah, it was. Mike proposed on yeah. the feast. What feast was it? Well, it was the Feast of the Sacred Heart. I think and it was June 28th of that year. We went right to tell um, our friend at the Carmelite Monastery afterwards, yeah, our right friend's away. sister. So it was just such a joyful time and telling our families and that excitement and peace. And even though this man, I was telling my parents, well, Mike told them that he was, when he asked for my hand in marriage, though they didn't know him well, they knew him because he was just so virtuous and good. And you, there was something about him. You just knew this man is 
full of love and he proved it over and over. And I'm so thankful we had that year of engagement though. We needed that. Yeah, me too. We, I will say the two hallmarks of peace and joy that kind of accompanied us through the engagement and then through that following year, it was a huge year of growth for us. It was absolutely needed and we learned a lot about each other and ourselves and for any of those people that are getting engaged or about to take your time get to know each other more it's it's a time to really delve into those things like finances are you guys going to have the same bank account those kinds of things like you more than likely you're coming from two different experiences in your family life from how you grew up how you were raised how your parents did it or other uh, role models that you may have had in marriage. So that engagement time, it's so important to really delve into those things that are serious. Finances, NFP. I mean, we talked about everything. And ask those questions. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. But also on, on the flip side, don't be afraid to answer them too and be completely vulnerable with the person you are going to marry. Don't hold anything back. If something especially keeps coming to heart and mind, definitely share that. Don't hold it back. It's It will come up <laughs> in marriage, but it's better before. And out of justice, your future spouse needs to know. And you did say, take your time. I agree. However, don't take too much time. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I see like engagements for eight or nine years. I'm like, you guys, it's, yeah, it's time. time. It's time. But we definitely needed that year of growth. And I'm thankful because of our, our dating was so short that we did take that year. We got married on June 20th, the happiest day of our lives. It was such a beautiful day. I was overjoyed and so at peace. And I just, it was such a wonderful day. We wanted to have a Marian wedding and kind of a weave a Marian theme throughout our wedding. So we had a lot of fleur de lis, a lot of blues and golds. And we also had a gold cake topper that Peter will now use every time we crown Mother Mary here. Yeah, it's in the shape of a crown, a golden it's crown. really cool. Our favors were even in her honor. They were little chocolates. I don't know if you've seen them, Ferrero Rocher's, but the creator of them did them in honor of Our Lady of Lords, And that tied into just Our Lady, that Marian theme. But on our honeymoon, we were visiting mm-hmm. Paris and Lords, And that time we left two days after our wedding. And that time was so beautiful together to explore just completely in love, carefree throughout that city. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was my first time in Europe, but we went and saw St. Vincent de Paul. We saw St. Catherine Labre of the Miraculous Medal. We went to Our Lady of Lourdes, which is incredible if you've ever been there. Uh, The water's a little cold. But it was just an awesome experience, and the food was excellent. I miss it, and I hope we get to bring Peter there someday soon. He keeps asking, our son Peter keeps asking. He loves Paris and wants to see the Eiffel Tower, and that's one of my life goals is just to do a family trip and bring him on 
the the footsteps of our honeymoon where yeah. we went throughout Paris and Lourdes. It was just that precious time getting to know each other. And then after our honeymoon, we went to Maryland because Mike had just accepted a job at Maryland. So we were moving away from our family in Buffalo right after we got married. And it was... It was tough. It was difficult. We were there for 10 months and moved back because of family. We missed them. But at the same time, a really refining time for us. Mm -hmm. And it definitely drew us together because we were the only people we had really for family. So it, it was meant to be, I'd say. Yeah. And two things that stood out for me when we first were married is we went to daily mass together every day and I was blessed to be able to do that with the job that I have and where we lived it just worked out that way which was awesome but it was so awesome to go to daily mass and I miss that with you and that was the beautiful thing creating that as the foundation because it was all we knew as a married couple it became integrated into our routine so whenever Mm -hmm. we missed it we really missed it in our hearts and longed for that because to start that day that was so unitive right you know in communion with each other what's the second thing that you were gonna say the second thing is we turned off all social media mm-hmm. for the first year of our marriage i got rid of all of my social media you won't you won't find me on social media maybe linkedin that's about it but it was very helpful for us to be in the present moment and truly focus on each other and not be scrolling and checking updates and seeing did somebody comment on the funny thing that I just posted. None of that was there. It was all just us being together, present, not looking at screens, but looking at each other. And that was for a year. It was probably one of the most unitive things that we did because we were fully present to one another, no distractions. And we needed that time to get to know each other Mm -hmm. even more. And I'm thankful and I miss that sometimes. And Mm -hmm. again, it draws starting our, our marriage with that foundation. If, if that goes off or if we are on our screens too much or our phones too much, you miss that, you Mm -hmm. know, it could be better because it was better. You know, you, you know that, you're called to something higher with your spouse. So starting our marriage with those two things, daily mass and no social media, definitely recommend it. Yeah. And Claire, you talk about this a lot with doing a fast once or twice a year from social media and how beneficial and fruitful that is. I feel myself more myself, my true self when I do those fasts. I really do because mm-hmm. I'm reading more, which I grew up doing all the time. All we did was read and <laughs> I feel more myself when we do those fasts. So that is our love story. And now let's jump into those three tips, guidelines that we want to share with you that we've learned throughout our marriage. The first one is caring for your spouse's physical and spiritual health. I think in the Catholic Church, it's so beautiful that we emphasize the spiritual aspect and we need to care for ourselves spiritually. We shouldn't do that at the detriment of our physical health. And when you get married, the two become one flesh. So that extension of yourself is your spouse. And so you must care for them as well. 
truly investing in your spouse's spiritual and physical health. It affects every other realm of your marriage. And when you are yourself in good spiritual and physical health, we all know it's life-changing and you have more energy to fulfill those duties that you are called Mm -hmm. to in your vocation. And to give your spouse that time and space to do the same thing, to pursue their spiritual and physical health is essential. Right. And also thinking outside of your own body and also thinking about your spouse's body, whether that's NFP or any sort of illness or sickness and kind of being attuned to your spouse and seeing how can I help them or maybe what are they struggling with that I can help or or alleviate. I think immediately to the example just a month ago, I was feeling midday exhausted and wiped out. Just I had to lay down midday and just not myself. And I expressed this to Mike and he's such the engineer and project manager because he comes up with the solution right away. And the next morning I woke up to the most beautiful protein packed breakfast that I've been waking up to every day since. And I have so much more energy and verve for life and so loved too. I think that's a beautiful thing about that when we do invest in our spouse's mm-hmm. physical and spiritual well-being and health. An extension of that is you feel so loved by mm-hmm. I, every time I take a bite of that breakfast, I just feel so loved. It could look like other things too, like going to confession, encouraging mm-hmm. your spouse to go to confession. What else can you think of? Yeah, just inviting your spouse to uh, better themselves with you. If you're doing exercise and maybe your spouse doesn't, I mean, I didn't work out before we got married. And that was something that Claire always prioritized, but she encouraged me to do that. And now we do that together and we hold each other accountable. And it's amazing. It's life-giving. You have more energy and you're taking care of yourselves for each other, but also for your children and so that you can have a long life together. The word I keep thinking of is to be an encourager of your spouse, to be that motivator and to be that safe space too. Because I know like I love teasing people (laughs) that I love. I grew up, we tease each other nonstop, probably too much, but to really be a woman or a man of encouragement for your spouse. And if they are working out, instead of teasing them, just which I've seen, just encouraging them Mm -hmm. to be, to continue on that you're doing great. Let's do this together. And that in our marriage, once we started implementing that, I think that we've grown tremendously. Sure. And it is that awareness of, of the other. And we always hear consistently in Catholicism, willing the good of the other as other is love. So when you're willing the other's good, that's what you're doing. You're investing in their physical, spiritual health. And asking one another, what do you need? What is it going to confession weekly? Is it a holy hour? Giving your spouse that space and time Mm -hmm. to invest in their health. Our next guideline is fully entering into the present moment, into the sufferings and joys with your spouse. 
it's very tempting to, after a long day, if you are in a season of suffering, to not want to talk about it, push it aside, say we'll talk about it later once the kids go down, and never even address it. Mm. And those sufferings can build up and it can be isolating. And isolation is a red flag, never good in a marriage to, as Mike said, become one and to really express and share in those joys and sufferings is fundamental. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, it's very easy to kind of keep the peace and not address the sufferings or just kind of keep it at surface level. I recently lost a relative and it was so wonderful to have Claire next to me with me as I went through that. It's important to have your spouse there with you through the sufferings, through the joys to share, to show I'm in this with you. So to fully enter in that present moment, we talked earlier about that year, that first year of marriage without our social media or screens. And that really made us attuned to one another. Mm-hmm. And when we lose that, it is those times where we are distracting ourselves mm-hmm. with whatever it could be. It could be anything, but to really enter in fully to the present moment, set those phones aside, have that conversation and ask your spouse tr- and truly listen. Don't think about your to-do list or the next thing you'll say, truly listen to your spouse and enter into their joys, their sufferings, celebrate those joys together. Those everyday moments, they're the heart of life and getting to know your spouse. It's the face of Christ that you're, you're getting to know. During our first year of marriage, we read Letters to a Young Bride by Alice von Hildebrand. And there's so much in that book. And it's not just for brides, it's for newlyweds. So many great insights. One of them is understanding the theme of the moment. So what's the theme when you come home from work? Did someone have a bad day? Has it been very busy? Are they stressed? Try to put yourself in their shoes, see where they're at. And it might not be time to bring something up or it might be time to really just pause and say, hey, we're going to go out tonight on a date because we need it. I think a big thing going from Alice von Hildebrand to her husband, Dietrich von Hildebrand, is responding versus reacting and how important that is. Again, what you were just saying about not thinking about the next thing you're going to say or to-do list, and even as much as interrupting. She says this in her book, too, about how she missed when Dietrich passed. She missed him and his voice. And she was sorry for all the time she interrupted him because she missed his voice so much. And that one really struck us of being in the present moment, listening, almost savoring with your senses, your spouse, their voice, everything about them, listening and giving of yourself so that you can receive your spouse. It reminds me of when we were in Assisi as a family and we were with Father Rick who had married us and I had our son Peter, he was 14 months just crawling all over trying (laughs) to watch, saying ciao to all the (laughs) beautiful Italian woman. And I remember expressing to him that whole trip in the past, I had gone to Assisi and I was 
praying and had time to pray. I was single, just I had all the time in the world. And then going back, it was such a stark contrast, holding Peter's, sweating in the back of the church, (laughs) not just my only prayer being, God, get me through this. And I expressed that to Father Rick, and I was like, what is wrong with me? I miss that prayer time. And he stopped that temptation in me to long for the past and to fully enter into my vocation as mother and bride. He said, now your adoration is seeing Christ in your husband and your child. That's Mm -hmm. your time in adoration is gazing. And I think of the Song of Solomon, that gaze of love for the bride and groom for one another. And that is, yes, going to adoration, still do it. Keep going, (laughs) keep going. We need to adore Christ, but don't fall into the temptation of longing for the past. Christ is in the present moment. Christ is in the people that he has called you to serve within your vocation. Yes, understand that theme of the moment of the season of life you're in and be in that moment. So the first tip was caring for your spouse's physical and spiritual health, investing in that. And then our second guideline was fully entering into the suffering and joy, that present moment with your spouse. And our third guideline is Mike does this beautifully. I need to grow at it, but loving in the details. It's something I've always tried to do for Claire, find new ways to love her and look at the details that she loves. How does she experience life? What are the things that she is interested in? What are her favorite things? What's her favorite meal? When I cook that meal, it's not just, okay, I'm going to throw a steak on because she loves steak and that's it. It's like, well, what's the spice ratio that she loves? How does she like it cooked? Maybe whipping up mashed potatoes that might take a little extra effort, but it's to the way that Claire likes it. Can you tell my love language? One of them is food, (laughs) (laughs) but truly he does love in the detail. And it's the most humbling thing that someone loves me to that extent. It's such an image of the father's love for us. And it's humbling it's beautiful. And so, so much of my response is just a thank you. Even, even when he asked me to marry him, both <laughs> yeah. dating and marriage, my response was thank you. Cause I just was, he was like, is that a yes? But so grateful and humbled that I'm loved to that extent. And isn't that just like the, the love story of God for man is that mm-hmm. humble, like that God became man, the incarnation out of love. God so loved the world that he became one of us to pursue us. God didn't just check the box. In marriage, we shouldn't check the box and say, yep, well, it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to get another bouquet of flowers. Think about the details. I mean, we hear at Mass, God knows the number of hairs on your head. So instead of just picking up that little bouquet Who knows if these are her favorite flowers? What are her favorite flowers? Maybe some extra detail that you only you know about her, about her flowers. And it opens up new ways to love. And it sparks conversation too. Just what's your favorite thing? What's this? I -hmm. I love those conversations too. And it also encourages us to gaze 
with love because you are more attentive to your spouse. What, what did they choose this time? How did they mm-hmm. order this time? What, what ways can I love them more and more and pursue their heart? Right. And there's an extension of this, which is knowing your spouse's interests and entering into those interests. So I might try that olive I don't really like because I want to experience the world through Claire and how she experiences the world. I'm going to read and watch those Jane Austen movies. That That's not going to be my first pick, but I want to experience life through Claire. It's just another way. And you learn more about your spouse and the things that they like and the things that really speak to them. And they start speaking to you too because the two become one. And all of this, all these guidelines that we've come up with throughout and have found to be true in our marriage, all with the end goal of becoming closer and growing together. I remember someone who was helping us once said, always choose the option that will bring the spouses closer to one another. It could be between two goods, but which one will bring you two together? We are called as husband and wife to lead and help lead one another to heaven. We are entrusted with that when we proclaim our vows to one another and all with that end goal of drawing one another to Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Finding Philothea, listening to our love story and those three ways that we have found to grow closer to one another and to Christ. And we cannot wait for next week's episode. 